Are you ready for the breakthrough insights that will help you activate your magnetism, amplify your message, and get wildly paid to be you? My name is Eva G and I'm a human design business coach and I'm obsessed with helping you drop all of the shoulds and build your divine legacy by aligning to your true desires, being in your zone of genius and leveraging your human design. I want you to step onto the path of least resistance and a path filled with pleasure and enjoyment. I have done it, others have done it, so it's absolutely possible. How? This is what I will uncover in this podcast. So let's dive in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to today's episode with the amazing Kieran Nyota, who is an empowerment coach. And uh, she's guiding soulful women to belonging by unraveling unconscious family dynamics uh, that help you unlock your authentic leadership and legacy, which is absolutely amazing because this is what we're about on this podcast. And uh, let me just introduce you to her chart really quickly so you know if you have some similarities to her. Uh, Kieran is a 3-5 emotional manifester. Uh, so she is the first manifester on this podcast. Hello, hello. And uh, <laughs> she has a defined throat, a defined emotional center, of course, uh, and defined spleen and uh, the ego center, will center, heart center. So if you have any of these or the other open centers, then you're definitely going to be getting some great breakthrough insights from this episode. So before we dive into Kieran's story, I want to hear from you. What is that? Basically, what is that difference that you're looking to make in the world, that impact that uh, you want to make in this incarnation? Mm. First of all, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. <laughs> I, was, I was sharing with you that this year, with the little I knew of human design, I was like, one of the things I want to do is live my design, just because with the little I knew, it felt so powerful. And just since then, it just keeps coming up and I keep going deeper and it seems like you can go infinitely deeper which is really cool <laughs> yeah of course well it's you know like I, I always say to people it's just you know the 64 gates that you have in there it's like 64 states of being states of consciousness right it's like an expression of our mm -hmm. energy right and so it, it's no no book can give you all of the, the wisdom and the explanations and there's so many layers to it right like the books and the things you know are basically just giving you that initial um mm. spark and then getting you in that direction but then you know like through your own lessons and uncovering new layers uh there's like infinite amount of wisdom that you can extract so it's just yeah, it's beautiful how it starts to evolve once you get on this journey and then you start to understand more and more. It just becomes more and more, you know, precise and, uh, and useful, you know, so to say, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so going back to your question of um, sort of what I wanted to do, it actually didn't start with family dynamics at all. I just had a very basic idea that I wanted to help people on their soul agenda, help them come into what makes them feel most alive. And when I stepped into the online world, it just felt like the thing that I should be doing, the thing that everybody's doing is around business coaching and um, confidence, but it felt vague and like I hadn't quite reached my, the thing that was most powerful for me. And then I, when I started looking into human design and this whole idea of following your urges gave me the permission to start going deeper into the work, which was actually calling me. Because what I found for myself as someone who's been on this kind of seeker's path for a very long time is that the kind of, um, there was a kind of ungroundedness that was coming from having a very loose concept of home and I mean part of it makes sense I'm Kenyan Indian so my family is Indian but I've been in Kenya for four we've been in Kenya for four generations so I'm not not seen as quite Kenyan but when I'm in India I'm also it's very obvious <laughs> that yeah. I didn't grow up there so this 
very loose concept of home and identity kind of followed me through this whole path. And it's only when I discovered family system work and bringing your context into into purpose, into your legacy, into your leadership, and seeing how you can actually leverage that. That's when it started to feel very peaceful for me, as you know, is the correct state I should be in as a manifester. So it just started to feel like, okay, this is this is true for me and so true that I want other people who have this perhaps confusion around identity or their concept of home to be able to not only heal that, but to activate that and bring that into their leadership and connect it to their legacy as well. Um, So that's kind of become a really deep part of my work connecting the past and bringing it into how you show up in the present and going forward. Very interesting. You know, you have this gate 33 in your in your unconscious Mars, right, which in Gene Keys is called vocation, you know, and it's, it's very much connected to kind of um, shifting people's stories, right, and taking the, the stories that they have and the experiences, right, and like empowering them by giving them a new story, to to tell and it's like i see this connection you know with what you're doing it's like those stories and what has happened in the past and also with this gate 44 you have the full channel 4426 you know so with that and 44 being in your in your moon and 44 being connected to the past right and the fear of the past repeating itself and like we, we are very much influenced by our past and the conditioning and all of that so it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like I can see why you went in that direction, you know, and, and why life brought you on that path. So it's very interesting. What is the timeline for you? How did that look like? You know, um, just kind of like a, a summary of your journey to, to becoming who you are today. Well, I guess my own journey with all of this started in about 2012. So about 10 years ago, kind of just trying to figure out myself before it was even like this is something I'm going to do and it was only when COVID hit that I had this kind of shake up that hang on actually if life is so uncertain anyway then I want to be in my highest service I want to do work that I really care about and feel like I'm making a contribution so that's when I Although I'd done a bit of coaching before then, that's when I decided to go full in and fully yeah. devoted and committed to it. Which so following the urge, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Following that urge. And that line five, definitely desiring to, to be that you know, leader and that voice for people and having that defined throat. It's like, yes, you're, you're giving a voice to people um, and solving their problems and helping them out. So yeah, I can see, I can see that. <laughs> but also all the mistakes of the three, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, tell me about like, that, right? <laughs> because the mistakes are always bringing those, you know, breakthrough insights and those aha moments. So with your gate 47, you know, this gate of kind of like epiphany, right? Those aha moments are what kind of is your life's work, but first of all, for you, and then, you know, you bring this to others as well. So what were those kind of like aha moments once you stepped on this? uh... (laughs) So it was a lot of doing the wrong thing and then getting to a point of being like, hang on, this isn't it. (laughs) So so I actually, I mean, before any of this, I worked in corporate law, got to a point where I was like, hang on, I don't even want this. And then worked in health consulting and had a similar feeling. So it took a few going round going down the wrong path before yeah before realizing okay this feels right and um i'm still going to make mistakes but they feel smaller or less or well let's see but they feel less <laughs> consequential yes well once you get onto this journey of like alignment you know and you start to align the big stuff right big things move <laughs> and then the more you go into it, it it just becomes more subtle right and it's about refinement right first you align and then you kind of start refining mm-hmm. all of that so it's like much easier and you're already like leveraging your your gifts and talents and skills and so many other areas so there's like less and less to tweak 
And then, yeah, it just comes down to, it comes down to you, right? It comes down to your internal model. It comes down to your energy, your nervous system and all that kind of good stuff, which human design can't tell you about, right? Uh, so that's where the, the other work lies, right? But I must say human design was really helpful for me. So when I first found out that I was a manifester, I was like, this isn't right. And this isn't who I am. So I don't believe in this. What didn't resonate? <laughs> what didn't resonate? Um, so there's a couple of things. And I think there, there are things that a lot of women will relate to. So one was this whole idea that when I'm in, not in alignment, I'm angry. And I'm quite a gentle, feminine being. So mm -hmm. I didn't really, if I, when I was angry, I wasn't, I wasn't connecting to, oh, this is anger. I was doing more of, oh, I shouldn't feel like this. And I need to push this down. I shouldn't be an angry person and all of that. So when someone, like when I read in black and white that, oh, actually, when you're not in alignment, you're angry. I, it was just a complete no. <laughs> yeah. Which has been really helpful, actually, because now instead of saying like, oh, I'm getting angry and I need to push that down, it's more like, okay, I'm getting angry. What's gone out of alignment and what can I do to come back, come back to center? That's a very interesting point right you know usually women don't resonate with that and also like the the whole you know you're you're the leader you're on the cutting edge and all of that because they've been people pleasing you know and playing small their entire life in order to fit in you know because your aura is so selective so it's it's kind of polarizing right certain people are like no matter what you do i just can't be friends with you we just don't click right and it's very strong this this lack of click so to say you know, and so there, everyone is like kind of, especially women trying to make things work and like pushing a little bit. But then the other thing about anger, you know, is that it's, it's not this huge anger. It's more like sometimes shows up as this upset, this, you know, it can even be called a little frustration, right? And definitely very much the result of like you not informing and being interrupted in your process and your energy being kind of distracted and like misused and all that kind of stuff. Right. And it's like, I don't have energy for this. And like, let me just go <laughs> in this direction and like either support me or get in my, you know, get out of my way. Uh, so yeah, very interesting, but keep going. Yes. So that was the second one, actually, the, the whole authority thing. I was like, I'm deaf. That's definitely not me. I've never, I've been a wallflower my whole life. I'm definitely not the leader. So it, it really did take me some time to kind of even own my chart to kind of say, okay, actually when with a bit of experimenting, I was realizing that that inner authority was so powerful, especially when I stepped into the online business world, I kind of just was a bit like, I just want everyone to tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah. And then just realizing that that's just not going to work for me. I'm going to do things a bit differently. And you don't like that's actually, what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As much as I was asking for it, I actually needed to kind of learn things and then figure out what I actually wanted to do. <laughs> Such a lovely. Yeah. And just as a woman and also culturally, both of those pieces, the anger and the leadership, just really felt outside of who we're kind of told to be. Yeah. And let me ask you like about that leadership, because that's that's an issue. You know, language is so uh, fluid in some way, you know. So when we talk about leadership, there are multiple forms of leadership. Right. But whenever someone says leadership, everyone thinks of, you know, the general at the forefront, you know, really taking the lead from from the front, you know. But there's this leadership from behind, which is like wise and guiding people, you know. And there's also this kind of um, leadership of like cutting edge kind of, you know, like I am going to go in this direction and follow my urge, even though it's not, you know, something very familiar or it hasn't been done before. So leadership in, in that way as well. So, you know, like a lot of people, when they hear, you know, that kind of blanket statement of leadership, they're like, oh, no, I'm not a leader. You know, like I'm not that kind of person. Mm -hmm. But then you slowly start to understand, you know, if you allow it to be there with you, if you don't like reject it and like cast it away immediately, you allow yourself to explore how you really are driven to 
lead in certain ways, right? And push things forward, so to say. Yeah, absolutely. Movement, right? And, And that's what it's been for me. It's been doing things differently, I see as leadership. And the other thing is the initiating, which again was a thing that I really didn't want to do. I think coming from, again, that place of, um, fear of rejection, probably. I didn't want to be, uh, I didn't want to follow the urge of, oh, I feel like I should tell this person this or I should ask for this. Whereas now I'm so much better at being like, I'm going to ask for 20 things. <laughs> and probably in some of those, there will be some people who feel activated by that and will respond. But otherwise, it's okay for there to be a lot of no's along the way. Exactly. Getting getting used to that rejection, getting familiar with it and like basically like taking it off the, the, the scary pedestal is one of the keys, you know, for so many of us, not not just like manifestors, but for everyone, especially like women. Right. So there's a there's this whole book. Um, I forgot the name um, where this guy is basically writing about his experiment. I think it was like a hundred days of like getting rejection and like on purpose getting rejection, like going into McDonald's and asking them for a ribeye steak or something like that, just to get a no on purpose and get familiar and comfortable and feeling safe to be rejected. Right. And that's like the big work, I think, you know, around that empowerment as well. And like really stepping into who we authentically are and into our leadership is really being safe with the discomfort in any kind of way. Right. So for you, it's that, you know, rejection for someone else and can be that abandonment, but yeah, anyways, continue on your journey of empowerment and alignment and getting to where you are and like tweaking and aligning and refining your life. Yeah, so then I followed the urge of feeling like I didn't I didn't even know about the online space. I just had this idea that yeah, I'll actually it started with it started with posting artwork. So initially I was just posting art and writing something about the art and feeling like this feels really good. This sharing and um and it was just at the start of COVID. So a lot of people were responding to this. And I just, it just started a process for me, I guess, of getting comfortable with being seen before it becoming a decision of, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to coach online. And like I said, that started as really a lot of confusion around a niche. First of all, I think manifestors just have a lot of... <laughs> difficulty around a niche and my kind of um, conclusion with that is that I have a niche for now and then when the next urge comes it'll be another thing and that's okay yeah Um, it's about the urges and also your undefined identity center right so you you are meant to shift directions but then also bring (laughs) all of those experiences and and wisdom that you already have into the new thing right that you're going Mm -hmm. into so yeah, definitely. Like as that line three, experimenting a lot and then with that open identity going in different directions and then as a manifester, just following your urge and yeah, just not staying boxed in in some ways, right? Like if you want to talk about something that is kind of related, but not fully, you know, to what you're already doing, like it, it's it's fine. There's a, there's a reason why that urge is there, right? To share that with, with people and guide them through it. So yeah, and it's been this whole thing of just honoring those urges and seeing how much I can just go with them Mm. and then recognizing when I didn't and actually I should have. Mm. Um, But the really amazing thing with the family dynamics piece. So just to give you a bit more about that, when I talk about family dynamics, it's even going into generational work. So it's really deep. It's even looking at say the effect of colonization on your family or things like that. So it it's really, it feels like there's so much there to explore that this urge is probably going to last me quite a while. If, mm. Well, it feels like forever. But sort of once I kind of gave in to that, I did just get so many confirmations, even in my design itself. So with my incarnation cross, for instance, it was about the past bridging with the future and then a client of mine gave me a really random detail um, around godheads and mine is 
Harmonia, I think, which is the goddess of family bonds. So there was just mm. so many things. <laughs> Leading in <laughs> that direction. Like, oh, this is starting to make sense. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about how, you know, for example, from, from some of your clients came to you, like, what were those things that you kind of shifted and how does that unlock, you know, their authentic self and that, you know, that leadership and empower them? So something really important to me is this idea that your context matters. And a lot of work in the personal development space and the coaching industry doesn't take context into consideration. Mm -hmm. We're all put together and kind of um, the idea is we're all starting at the same in the same place. Whereas the work I'm doing is looking at, okay, but where, what were your parents' stories? What were your grandparents' stories? What of that have you taken on? Or where did they have power? And this is really important for especially minority cultures. Like where Mm. was their power, which you've just neglected to see because it's not something that's in our education. It's not something that we recognize that there's this ancestral power that when we tap into, um, we just show up differently Yeah. So what I find with a lot of my clients is there may be start, and this was actually my starting point as well, feeling a bit floaty with all of this work, kind of really finding it difficult to integrate it. So this type of work really roots you into where you're coming from, but just even very tangibly, very physically, you kind of feel it's easier to inhabit your body and the stories that um, are a part of you and perhaps you were on some level rejecting or hadn't even seen because those generations, especially our grandparents, didn't really talk about their stories, didn't have that, that space. Mm, very interesting. What I'm hearing a lot of here is that conditioning, right? That context and that conditioning, mm-hmm. not just from our parents, but from, you know, our, our culture and everything around us, right? So yes, of course, like understanding that context. And like you said, it's unfortunately not something that a lot of coaches go through, you know, and really look at. So like when I'm starting to work with my clients, it's, it's really all about like, give me an understanding of your internal model, right? Give me an understanding of how you grew up. Give me an understanding of like, how did you become who you are and get conditioned with these things, right? What happened to you in, in real life? You know, human design kind of like is one side of the coin. And then I have to look at, you know, what really happened in your life you know, and where you are on the spectrum of all of these energies, right? Because each gate has its, has its spectrum, you know, from the full mm-hmm. shadow side, which is like su- someone super overcome by fear and like stuck in that fear expression of the energy to like that gift where you're in the love state and the energy shifts, you know, and, and how you behave shifts, you know, even though it's the same energy, it's just not bogged down by fear. But anyways, that, that whole conditioning and the context and understanding you know, I also grew up in, in um, ex-Yugoslavia and Serbia. So there's like a mm-hmm. lot of, in Europe, you have wars. And like my grandpa, you know, was in the war. I've yeah. experienced a war in 92. I've experienced a bombing in 99. And there's like the, uh-huh. a lot of this collective consciousness of yeah. lack and scarcity and poverty. And some like the rug is going to get pulled under you. You are never safe. Mm-hmm. You have to be frugal. You have to save a lot of money, you know? So like it really kind of bogs you down and like just releasing that is, it was such a huge thing and like still is a process. And then the shadows, you know, basically not owning or disowning parts of us and not feeling comfortable with them to claim them, to own them. It feels like that's also such a big part of, of what you do, right? Yeah, like, oh, I don't want to be seen as Indian, you know, like, and everything that is associated yeah. with that in people's minds, right? The labels and the things like that. And mm-hmm. so you kind of try to disown a part that is you. Exactly. Yeah. And, and speaking of Europe, actually, this work kind of, it has ancient, ancient roots in the sense that it's been seen that tribes in South Africa, in South America, use very similar type of family system work. 
Um, but it actually got very popular in Germany because after the war, um, I guess people working in the healing space started to recognize that actually many years later, even if the people who were involved, the perpetrators or the victims involved were long gone, there was still an echo in, of that in yeah. the people who were left behind, the people born since. Interesting. So tell us, kind of bring us back to um, some some tangible shifts, you know, from your clients in your own mm-hmm. journey and how like that one thing that, that you shifted unlocked someone's authentic self and like really helped them claim and own their power and like really express themselves. Yeah. So I think A lot of the shift is kind of intangible. It starts with just a comfort in being in their own skin. That's very Um, tangible, I gotta say. (laughs) (laughs) But and then it leads to the kind of external transformations of, you know what, I don't want to do this job anymore, or I'm ready to step into um, a greater position of leadership or I'm ready to scrap a program that no longer aligns with me and start creating one that is more me but one that came to mind when you asked that uh, something I see a lot of is I guess the women attracted to my work often are very unconsciously self-sacrificing in that they really want to have an impact They really want to serve and they're not realizing when they're not able to lean into support or when they're taking on too much. So not having the kind of right boundaries in place, Mm. which leads to kind of the burnout and all of that. (laughs) Yes, it's a pandemic. (laughs) Yeah, but definitely like it's it's so prevalent um, because of our conditioning and how we grow up mm. and how, you know, society labels us and tells us who we are and what we are to do yeah. with our lives and interact with others. And like, we are such givers and then we're supposed to be everything for everyone. The mother, the wife, you know, the, the sister, the, 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 you know, the employee, everything, you know, and then you're just constantly giving, 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 and you forget to give to yourself. And we are so conditioned to people, please. And then a lot of us are not comfortable, you know, with communicating our boundaries or entering any kind of conflict, being assertive, because we don't want to be labeled, you know, as kind of, I don't know, aggressive or like too much, and all that kind of stuff. So there's like so much at play there. And yes, that's a huge thing, learning, like helping women to learn how to like really put themselves first and like receive learning to receive and learning to ask for that help and not being like hyper independent, right? It it puts you back into the state of self-trust because now you know that you're not going to burn out and you're going to like honor yourself and do the right thing for yourself first so that you can then overflow and give to others. So a lot of women are in the state of like depletion instead of overflow because you're never filling yourself up and you think like, well, when I'm serving, I'm filling up, you know, a little bit. Yes. But then where's the rest of it? Right. And so you're in like, you're giving from the state of, of half empty, you know, instead of the state of overflow and pleasure. Absolutely. And, and, a big part of family system work is realizing you belong to a system. So you start with looking at your family of origin, but then you start realizing, okay, I belong to this system, but I also belong to a community. So it really shifts the thinking from this individualized approach to realizing to this relational approach of realizing, okay, we're all interconnected. And just having that kind of view on life then helps you just not in kind of finding your place in this family system, but using that as a blueprint to make sense of your role in the bigger systems, whether it's your community or the collective at large. Interesting. Yeah. So have you like looked at your chart and then like identified you know, now looking in hindsight, the the things that have created some breakthroughs for you, you know, where like when you started aligning with your design, things shifted in a better way. 
and where you then like started utilizing your, your true gifts instead of like trying to overcompensate in other areas, but being like, okay, this is my gift. And I'm like going to double down on that. And like that creating some kind of transformation for you. Yeah. Okay. So a really big one, but really simple is the inconsistent energy. Mm. I really just wanted to be the kind of person who was go, go, go. And I can when I'm in that sort of phase, but then when I need to rest, I, I sometimes just need to kind of have my curtains pulled and just like lie there and do nothing, nothing at all. Not even any sort of what I would think of as like productive rest (laughs) at the time, literally do nothing. And now kind of being okay with that, kind of being Mm. like, okay, this is what I had planned, but now I just don't want to do that. And I have to just go with it and trusting that, trusting that there is something on the other side of that. Um, And also just creating systems that help me with that. So when I'm in that go phase, then I'm really impatient and I don't want to put systems in place. But mm-hmm. I've learned the hard way <laughs> that actually as much as I can do things that are going to save my energy or help me keep me in the direction I want my energy to be going, the better it is for me. So yeah, it's a really, I guess, simple piece, but mm-hmm. one that is really been useful for me to try and body more and more. And I don't, I still don't always get it right. Of course, um, it's a continuous <laughs> and refining journey, right? Yeah, but whenever I do lean into it, I'm always glad that I did. Beautiful. And what kind of, um, how do I call them, shifts in your state of, of being, you know, your beliefs and mindset and habits um, have you implemented to like really activate more of this kind of leadership energy? Um, yeah. And like really step into that leadership and really step into your authentic self. Um, I think the, the biggest one that's coming to me right now is just this belief that when you're in alignment, everything will work out. Mm. It really will. And just, being able to stay true to that, stay true, even when externally, perhaps you're not seeing, (laughs) it doesn't make sense yet. And I guess the more you kind of trust that and stay with that and see it starts showing results, then the more you're able to say, Mm -hmm. okay, even though this perhaps isn't making logical sense, this definitely is what's most aligned for me and trying to, trying to show up for life from that space rather than what's practical, what's um, most logical or all the other things that come up (laughs) along the way. Yes, all of the shoulds, right? So with that, like open, open head center, you know, really getting inspired by the outside world and like really dropping into all of those shoulds, you know, like, oh, they're doing this and I can do that, right? And like the mind and like the conditioning there trying to hijack your authority and basically being like, yes, do this and this and this and this and it's going to get you there. And of course, logically, it all works, right? But then in real life, your energy just doesn't flow that way and it just doesn't light you up. And yeah, there's, there's so much to, um, to discover and to tweak and to really align yourself, right? To your best way of, of going yeah. about it. I've also realized that my closest friends were unconsciously always differing to my authority (laughs) and that's probably why this our relationships have worked in that even though I'll sometimes be like no but what do you think or just tell me what to do Um, and this is true for mentors as well actually Um, those that have differed to what I feel is right has (laughs) as much as it's been maybe annoying in the moment when you want an answer um, I've realized that that's actually what's best. Yeah, we need a little bit of that confusion sometimes. So we need a little <laughs> bit of that space, really. Yeah, it, that's the thing. You know, a lot of 70% of the population has this open head center, right? And one of the things in there is this savior complex, right? Because you're constantly thinking about things that don't matter and you're under the 
so to say, pressure of other people's questions, right? And their doubts and confusions and things like that. And so when you are a coach and guiding someone and someone shows up, you know, on the session and, and they are about to leave the session without the answer, leave it kind of confused, you feel this huge urge to like, give them the solution or you know like after you finish the session you can't stop thinking about it and you're trying to like help them in that way by giving them the answers and basically going through the process for them right like and that was like a, a big piece as well like detaching you know from that and detaching from this sense of like responsibility to like for someone else's journey you know and allowing them to go through their own confusion which of course always leads to that clarity right and and i can't give you that i can't give you the you know can't give you the answer right so i'm really interested in kind of like your methodology in some way um and like your personal talents and things that you have used and that you are using to help people, you know, make that, make that transformation. Like how do you guide people through that transformation? You know, so you're illuminating these, these relationship dynamics, right. And family dynamics and all of that. And then how are they uh, shifting through that? Yeah. So something that's really important to me is legacy. And I think that depth of vision is such a huge piece of that feeling completely completely connected and aligned with your vision Mm. and it's something I sort of heard a lot and you kind of try on visions sometimes (laughs) but it really has to come from you and how that connects to my work is that when you look at the family system you realize your legacy burdens. So you you find out the core themes that your family has been experiencing through generations. You're born in a story. So one that's very common is the women were suppressed. So you using your voice is shifting that legacy burden. And that in itself is so, it connects you so deeply to your vision because you're like, oh my gosh, this isn't, this didn't start from me. This is something that my family has been able, has been trying to transcend <laughs> for a long time before me, or even seeing those before you who did transcend certain things. It just gives you such a reverence for where that vision is coming from. Mm-hmm. And then, The next piece is the personal burdens. What are the things that you've internalized as well through your life? And then seeing all, connecting those pieces to like, okay, so this is my vision and this is how my vision is shifting me as a person, um, shifting my family system, but also how it's interacting with the world. Because when you have those two pieces, then the world is, well, the world is always giving us tests or assignments, but you're able to see more clearly, like, this is why this feels this way. This is why something feels crunchy, um, because it relates to this personal burden or this legacy burden. And me shifting it is shifting the whole line, both like in the past for the lineage before you, but also for the people to come. Yeah, indeed. There's this big thing of like, since you are into this empowerment and like this vision and helping people like really lead and leave a legacy, there's this big piece. And especially with your line five there as well, it's like really being afraid of our full power and playing small because we are afraid of how powerful we are. Right. And I've heard a couple of women recently that I follow, like say something along the lines of it wasn't that I was afraid of failure or afraid of success. I was afraid to be in my full power because it will make others uncomfortable. And it's very interesting. And I've been realizing this um, lately so much. And we right now are in this period uh, astrologically where we are kind of like releasing an old identity and stepping into a new one, right? And like, it's fascinating and how like the the family relationships um, are really important there. And so like when I want to step into my true authentic identity, uh, I kind of saw it isolated from my family in some way, but now I'm realizing, wait, 
like if I am stepping into my authenticity and really owning my shadows, you know, it's not just about um, this fear of how my audience is going to perceive me, so to say, but it's also how my family is going to take that because they can see your social media posts and your stories and your podcasts and all that other kind of stuff. Right. And it's, it's making them uncomfortable. And we, we, when we are leaders, and have those visions and they're creating these movements, we are also evolving all of the time and changing all of the time, you know, and so fast that now I have to update my own mother around who I am because so much has shifted in the past couple of months, right? And the way that I carry myself and the way that I interact and is, is a little bit new, you know, and is different. And it's very interesting to notice that, hey, if we sit down together, I'm going to be interacting with you in a new way. And is that going to make you comfortable and having this kind of like I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable you know and that is the thing that a lot of us are are experiencing right uh this discomfort right and not being comfortable with this discomfort and making others also uncomfortable right with who we are and how big we are and like are we too much over here so something I should probably clarify when we talk about the family system it's kind of talking about, it's the same way as like talking about your higher self. So the family system is perhaps not even, I mean, it is about your relationships in reality, but it's also kind of the essence of that collective. So sometimes right relationship within that family isn't always getting closer to certain people or doing what they want, when everything's aligned between system and self, you're actually able to be your deepest self. And you feel that permission from the family to be that deepest self, because on that level of the consciousness of the family system, they want to support you. And it's for their betterment that you are your deepest self. So that realization is really powerful for people because externally, it's not always going to look like that. Sometimes externally, it's going to look like that resistance you're talking about sometimes. But then it's more about connecting to the inherent fact that you're from a family and there's a certain almost like rivers (laughs) of connection, which just cannot be which can't be taken away from you. You have that to lean into. Those lineages are in your blood and bones, so to speak. Very interesting. I mean, like I've, I've recently received some information about the fact that I'm, I'm a starseed and that, you know, there's this whole starseed family and they've advised me to connect with them. So they're like, I feel like they are this Very one cool. family that, that mm-hmm. I can kind of connect to and, and find safety in. And when you were speaking about that, I was like, yes, sometimes in, in real life, there's going to be situations where you're like, you're not feeling like you belong. You're feeling a little bit ostracized, you know, and different and like the black sheep, you know, because we are breaking generational trauma and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of connecting to them as well and then to the spirit team. And in this case, you know, that I think those ancestors and that whole family and everyone that came before you as well. So all of them together are there. And so connecting with, with them on that level can maybe create some, some, as you said, like some safety in you, right? And that's what I've experienced, you know, like this whole, well, maybe it's not going as well as I wanted to in real life, but like I fall back into the safety of the spirit team and the, the star seed family and all of that. And that kind of gives me that safety in my own body and that I am taken care of and that they are supporting my growth and they are there with unconditional love, no matter what I mess up or whatever. They're there to support me, right? And to guide me and it's always happening for me. Yeah, so. that's part of it. And then also just, really being able to so that's kind of the kind of higher level of it and then part of it is the grounding of seeing what is in your family system and being able to work with it and have it sit in a way where you can see it for what it is and have acceptance over it there is this phenomenon that if someone like when you were talking about poverty consciousness for instance there is this idea that sometimes we feel that we don't have the permission to be more successful 
than our parents or mm-hmm. so even that when you work on the family system level you're able to see it and and once you see it you can say i no longer subscribe to that and you can step out of it so so yeah it's really yeah powerful that we have that kind of access which the generations before us didn't have Yes, indeed. And even realizations about that happening, you know, and uh, exactly what you said, I've like read about before, I think it was Marilyn Lynch that does uh, EFT, and like really connecting and going through like the chakras and doing like EFT tapping for like the chakras. And one of them, uh, it was that connection to uh, like the family, Mm -hmm. and how if you make more money, you're kind of like, basically, in some way, you are kind of abandoning your family, you're going out of their version of of reality and what is possible and you know so you're kind of like leaving your tribe in some way yeah so I look at it slightly differently I wouldn't say you're on the system level they're happy because the whole family wants to ascend but yeah you have this inner guilt Exactly. This unconscious, like on the conscious level, right? It's like, you know, that your family wants you to succeed and be big, but at the same time for them unconsciously, and for you, you also know this unconsciously, that it is going to kind of make them feel less than in some way, right? If you're earning more than your father, especially 10 times more, and you're more successful and all of that, of course, you know that he's going to be happy for you. But at the same time, you're maybe like in your subconscious thinking, oh, well, he's going to feel less than. And it's kind of like, creating this dynamic as well so very interesting things happen and those are just like small um Mm. small so hierarchy is a really important part of this work seeing where you're if you're in your right place so when i earlier when i was talking about um the transformation people feel when they realize they're not that they don't need to overgive a lot of these women are in the hierarchical sense have placed themselves over their parents that they feel they need to look after them and just this simple move to going to being to saying I'm the child and you're the parent kind of helps them realize okay (laughs) I can and and the work around that helps them realize okay this is my obligation as the child is to live my fullest life it's not to also be worried about what they're thinking or what they're feeling and all of those things yeah in the most loving way (laughs) yeah yeah that's very interesting i've had that shift as well um recently realizing how much i've i've carried this sense of responsibility to Mm -hmm. uh to my mother and i love that and you know i love that now i can it's not that i'm the parent but like where I am and who I am and the wisdom that I have can serve her. Right. And then I can help her. But of course, you know, I'm not responsible for her journey. And that was like that little distinction there. Right. Like I am, I am walking my path and making my shifts. And through that, I am inspiring her and activating her, you know, and then if she wants to change something, she can then go and like ask me for help and all of that. And I am always gonna, you know, give back to her because I feel like in, in general, children are very, un, you know, ungrateful in some way. Like, you know, the parents sacrifice yeah. their entire life, time, money, pleasure, everything in life, right? <laughs> um, so children are often like ungrateful for that and then there's this beautiful dynamic that can happen later on it's like you have walked your path you have made you know you have individuated yourself and now you know you can really give back from that place of overflow right instead of this kind of obligation and and all of that right exactly yeah Yeah. and it's the discernment is like the expectation you have Like if you're doing this for her from that overflow, then you don't have any expectation or any disappointment depending on what she does because she's not your child. Exactly. Yeah. There was that dynamic, you know, of sort of say like, I see where you are struggling, right? And I see what you're kind of missing and I see how I can guide you and like, you know, doing the thing that you're absolutely not supposed to do as a coach and you know it, but it's your family, right? And so you really like want to kind of stay right you want to motivate and like really get them to do the work because you can see you know how messed up everything is but then yeah it doesn't really you know you got to let them um, which is why this is such a powerful place to start 
the family of origin is because there's just so much there. There's just so much information which you can then, once you learn it at that level, that you're able to take into your leadership. Yes, and liberate yourself. It was, yeah, like I'm seeing so much of, of that liberation happening for me now because, you know, um, for my listeners, they, you have an episode where I'm sharing like my big healing moment where I released like guilt mm-hmm. and shame from uh, uh, my father's, you know, death. And so with that, you know, there was this huge sense of individuation and also like releasing this sense of responsibility to my mother and to kind of like take care of her because he was gone that I unconsciously took on, you know, and just that has shifted so much. And then, you know, like allowing myself to change my interaction, you know, change my identity, so to say, like evolve and shift and and make her kind of get to know me again, you know, again, was like a big thing. And then that collective trauma and like all of those other things and so much, you know, and like, there is so much and I'm, you know, for anyone who is interested uh, and, and really curious about all of this work and how deep it goes and the layers that they can unlock tell them how they can find you and how they can work with you yeah so currently i i work with people one with with women one-on-one for either three months or six months and that's of course my most intimate container and i'm actually in the process of launching a group program called embodied belonging so Mm. the idea that we belong to our systems our family we belong to ourselves and we belong to each other i'm going to drop the links in the description box so that people can find you on social media and then find your links and and go and dive into this and then of course go and work with her go and like shift all of this because it, it really liberates so much um and i know it personally from my journey so definitely it has been very transformational Thank you so much for, for sharing this wisdom with us and sharing this, yeah, sharing this sort of same methodology and some of the practices with us. So thank you, Kieran. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much for having me and, and just doing the work that you do. Thank you. <laughs> so go check her out, guys, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.